Good morning, Crosswalk. Thank you guys for being here, and thank you for that moment of um, prayer. It's, it's been, um, I think we can all, all say it, it's been weird coming back, the, the pacing, the, the shifts, the, there's been fewer people here, which, you know, um, you, you go through this sense of like, man, are we doing something wrong? What's going on? And I've um, been pondering that and praying over that. You know, 10.30 used to be the time like you couldn't get a seat. And now there's seats, and that feels weird for us because it's like, man, did, did people just jet? Did you just bail and say, nah, it's not for me anymore. This is not my community. This is not my thing. Do we say something wrong? Are we on the wrong side of some argument that, you know, somebody's having, everybody's having some argument about something? And, and so you have to processing through that. And we, we all, you know, 9 a.m. was a weird service, great people here, but it was felt disengaged. What do masks do that? What happens? There's a lot going on. You've sensed the same thing in your lives as well, but I got to tell you that God is still moving. Um, I was up in Portland last week and we were able to launch a church right out of COVID. Um, 292 people on the first week. Praise God for that. Yeah. And then Pastor Patty and his team are just killing it up there, doing an amazing job. They were so intentional about everything they did that when you got out of service and went to your car, there was a handwritten note thanking you for coming to church today. I mean, come on. That's, we don't do that. I mean, we're glad you're here, but that's a lot of cars. You guys park everywhere. We're not going to, probably not going to do that. But, um, and then Pastor Andy's out in Chattanooga right now, starting launching their Future Of team out there, which is pretty incredible. Um, I know that Portland just launched a walk service for their high school kids. So, like, God is still on the move. God is still, you know, it sometimes feels weird because we're not sure. We're not sure, right? It feels like a weird time. But we're grateful that you're here today. And we're starting this new service ser series called Love Well. And the idea behind, well, you know the idea behind Love Well a little bit. It's this, it's this vision and mission statement that we have. When I first got to the church here seven years ago, they had had a longstanding vision statement, mission statement that was learning to love well. We decided to simplify it a little bit and lean into the execution of that as much as we can. Um, but one of the reasons why I wanted to come to Crosswalk and I wanted to pastor here was because as I was, as I was leaving my job in healthcare and thinking about what was next, I wanted to make sure I was in a church with the right kind of DNA, the right kind of, of positioning, of stance towards the world and towards God. And not every church has that. Not every church has thought through that. And Crosswalk is a place that put some things, you know, stood some things up, as they say, that make a lot of sense. And so today we're going to be talking about one of our five end statements. So we've got five end statements that Crosswalk is sort of built on. And um, they're all very important. The first one is definitely my favorite, maybe just because it's the shortest, excuse me. But, um, but I love this statement. I'm going to read you all five statements, and you'll, you'll have each of the five statements read each week just so you can get them, you can internalize them, and you can really understand them. These are the reasons why we're here. And just so you know, we have a leadership team, which some people would call a board of a church, but we don't function that way. The leadership team is responsible for the ends. These end statements, that's what they're responsible to lean into to make sure that we're moving towards at all times. The, the staff and the volunteers and the pastors, they are the ones who are responsible for the means to get to those ends. And so it's a really beautiful, a beautiful governance structure, if you will. But let me 
If I can, let me read to you the first of the five that we're talking about today. We'll talk about this one, but I'm going to read all five and then we'll come back to it. The first one is this, and you've heard it. Crosswalk will be a community of belonging. Now, this is not a we hope to be. This is not a we're going to work towards it. This is a declaration, an aspirational statement of what we will be here. Crosswalk will be a community of belonging. It was here before I got here. It will be here long after I'm gone because this is what we are about. And I'll unpack this a little bit more later. But crosswalk, and the second, the second end statement is crosswalk will be a community where people learn and grow in an authentic relationship with God. And authenticity is important. We learn better in an authentic environment, in a place that feels like there's truth-telling happening. And sometimes that truth-telling can be uncomfortable, but it's a truth that we trust and we move towards. So this is important. It needs to be authentic, and it needs to be towards a relationship with God. The third in statement is crosswalk will be relevant in living out the ways of Jesus in our place and time. This is an action statement for us. Um, it means that we're going to be involved in ministries of, of compassion, compassion and ministries of mercy. We're going to be involved in ministries of justice and advocacy to make sure that we are helping people. But we are going to be the Jesus that the world needs as much as we can every day of our lives. And that's what we're going to engender here at Crosswalk. The fourth in statement is Crosswalk will be a community that lives beyond herself by caring and advocating for the powerless, oppressed, and abandoned. This is a non-negotiable. This is something that Scripture speaks to every single sentence, it feels like, and it's something that Jesus spoke to and practiced again and again and again. For us here at Redlands, it culminated in all the, all the research that we did to find the gaps and services for the underserved in our community. It culminated in a clinic that happens on Thursday night. We're hoping to start that back up in 2022. We also have been partnering with um, a, a dental group, and so we're going to be offering dental services, physical therapy. We have orthotics prosthetics there. We have an amazing amount of things that happen that we'll talk more about later as we lean into this particular end statement. Every single one of our campuses has an expression of this very tangible kind of hands and feet of Jesus expression. What we do on Saturday morning is phenomenal. We love it. We want it to absolutely be the best worship experience and teaching time that you can have. This serves that work. Never be confused about that. This is the economic and momentum driver for the work that we do in the community as we be the hands and feet of God. So just so you know that. And then lastly, Crosswalk will be a community that exemplifies servant leadership. It means that we serve one another, we serve our communities, we serve the people around us, and that is the position that we always take, servant leadership. And by the way, I believe servant leadership is excellent leadership. It's leadership that continually moves towards a better and better expression of who Jesus is by the way that we serve, because we were served by Jesus in the most phenomenal way on the cross and through his resurrection. So those are our five end statements. This is the one we're talking about today. Crosswalk will be a community of belonging. And our society has been described as a swipe right culture. A reference, if you don't know what that is, it's a reference to approving a potential date on a popular dating app. You guys are like, yeah, we know. Creepers. Um, listen, when we like something at first glance, right, we swipe right. 
But the moment something, whether a person, a relationship, job, or community, church, loses its appeal, we swipe left and we're gone. We're out of there. We've made it so easy to absolutely step away without any kind of consequence. The question really is, how long does it take you to swipe left, right? Because swipe right culture promises freedom and autonomy. The moment you're unsatisfied, the moment you find something new, you just swipe left. But that does some things that are pretty bad for us. Because one of the things it does is it distances us from other people. It makes our relationships disposable. And it creates a sense that at any time I can walk away. When we live like that, we live on a, on a thin sheet of ice. That if there's any cracks, we have to go or else we feel like we're, we're sinking. Now this flies in the face of who we are as humans. Because as humans, we long to belong. Because belonging isn't an abstract psychological state. It's not an idea. Nor is it unimportant for those of us. In fact, for all of us. As we say we want to belong to churches or we want to belong to clubs or we want to belong to people. Belonging is our primary human need. I mean, food and shelter is important. But nothing promotes human flourishing like having a people and a place of belonging. Research confirms that income level, marriage and children, and perceived security all pale in comparison to belonging and promoting sustained happiness and well-being. We long to belong. It's what we need. And if you don't know if you have that need, you have remembered the times when you didn't feel like you belonged. Brene Brown, in her book, Braving the Wilderness, says the innate human desire is to be part of something larger than us. Because this yearning is so primal, we often try to acquire it by fitting in and by seeking approval, which are not only hollow substitutes for belonging, but often barriers to it. Belonging is important. Our first end statement, Crosswalk will be a community of belonging, speaks directly to this longing, directly to this need. But what does Scripture say about belonging? And Scripture says a whole lot about belonging. We're going to go through a ton of texts relatively quickly, but bear with me. And it, what's interesting is that oftentimes in Scripture when we talk about belonging, the overwhelming sense, we get this from the Old Testament, is when we talk about belonging, we're talking about things and ownership. But in the New Testament, we see that shift a little bit. And we see it being belonging or ownership to a group like a fixed social group, like the Levites in Luke 1.5, or Joseph in the house of David in Luke 2.4, or in the early Christians belonging to the church in Acts 9 and Acts 12. But there's a few things that we can learn from these texts, and it's important for us to know. The first one is this. We belong to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Matthew 19, 14 says it this way, but Jesus said, let the children come to me. Don't stop them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. Mark 9, 41. If anyone gives you even a cup of water because you belong to the Messiah, I tell you the truth, that person will be surely be rewarded. Those who serve the poor and the marginalized in Jesus' name belong to him and so do those poor and those marginalized belong to him. 
Or John 3.29 in the metaphor of the bridegroom. It is the bridegroom who marries the bride. And the best man is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. Therefore, I'm filled with joy at his success. The church belongs to Jesus as the bride to the bridegroom. John 8.47, anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God. But you don't listen because you don't belong to God. That's not an indictment on you. That's the finishing the statement. It's okay. John 16.5, all that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. You belong to the Father if you belong to the Son. Romans 1.6, I love this one. And you are included among those Gentiles who've been called to belong to Jesus Christ. Romans 7.4, so my dear brothers and sisters, this is the point you died to the power of the law when you died with Christ, and now you are united with the one who was raised from the dead. As a result, we can produce good harvest and good deeds for God. Christ died so that we might no longer belong to ourselves or to the law, but so that we might belong to Christ and bear fruit. 1 Corinthians 15, 23, I told you there was a lot of them, but there's an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest, then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. When Christ returns, all who belong to him will be resurrected. We belong to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but we also no longer belong to ourselves or to the world or to the law. John 15, 19, the world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it. But you are no longer part of this world. I chose you to come out of the world so it hates you because you don't belong to it anymore. You have died with Christ and he has set you free from the spiritual powers of the world. So why do you keep on following the rules of the world? And it goes on. But we don't belong to the world anymore. We belong to Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5.5 5, as well as 1 Thessalonians 5.8. For you are all children of the light and of the day. We don't belong to darkness and light. But let us live in the light, be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love, wearing our helmet as a confidence of our salvation. So we belong not to the world, but to Christ. We've reiterated it twice. But there's one other thing that's really important that we find from Scripture about belonging. And it's this, we belong to one another in the church. It's said this way in John 8, 35, a slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. The children of God belong in Christ's family forever. We are permanent fixtures. So it is with Christ's body, Romans 12, 5. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In Christ we form one body and every member belongs to all the others. I love the way it's talked about in 1 Corinthians 12, 15, where it says, if the foot says I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, does it make it any less a part of the body? Or if the ear says I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? We all need each other all the time to be a functioning body for Christ. Galatians 6.10, therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. We do good to all. But to those in the body of Christ, we are family in a different way. And that's important for us to understand. I mean, what does it mean to belong? Maybe we should ask that question. Maybe the baseline, the foundational question of what does it mean to belong? I mean, I think when we're secure in Christ, we'll be established and rooted in how he has made us. And we will belong to him and in a sense to ourselves and to one another. 
We can become who we were meant to be, fully adopted and secure children of God. But I get it. You walk into a church and it's uncomfortable. You walk into a church and you kind of don't want to be known. Some of you love the fact that when you walk into Crosswalk, no one can see you, so you go hide in the corner. Some of you hate that. Usually it's introverts, extroverts, right? But, but to belong, there's actually two things that you need. First of all, you have to be fully known. And secondly, you have to be fully loved. Those two things make belonging possible. So if you come in and you hide out by one of the pillars, you'll never be known. Therefore, the love that you experience will never be as deep as it could be. We hide because we're not sure that if people fully know us, that they will fully love us. That goes against everything we believe as, uh, as Christians because we know that Jesus knows us fully. You see, being known without being loved, that's rejection. Being loved without being known, that's just fitting in. Being neither loved nor known is being ignored and rejected entirely. But being fully known and being fully loved is what we experience through the grace of Jesus Christ, and it is what we are to give one another every single day. When we say we are a community of belonging, this is what we mean. We want to know you. We want you to know us. And despite that, we're still going to love one another. I mean, that's, that's why you get cleaned up for a first date the way you don't on a 10th date. Right? On a first date, you don't want to be fully known. You want to put your best foot forward. You want to smell nice. You want to look nice. You want to put on your favorite outfit. I know people who rent cars for first dates. <laughs> fully known, fully loved. And that's hard to do in a community. That's hard to do in a church. And it's hard to do in a big church, right? You go to a church with 20 people, not a big deal. You're going to know each other probably more than you want to. You go to a church with 1,000 people, it's much harder. You go to three services, you don't even get to know the people in your one service. So we should ask the question, how to belong? And, and my bet is many of you feel that very strongly, like you're not sure how to belong to this church. And when I say that we will be a community of belonging, you're like, ah, I don't know. I don't know if I've experienced that. I get it. But there's a few ways that you need to think about, a few things you can do. The first off, it's simple, taste and see. Right? At some point, you've got to put your foot in the water beyond just attending church. At some point, you have to say, I'm going to invest in this community a little bit more. I'm going to keep that swipe right going. I'm going, to, I'm going to get involved. I mean, you tasted and saw that God was good. That's what got you here in the first place. Now it's time to taste and see what it's like to really be in the midst of a community, to give yourself a little bit, whether it's serving in our kids' programs, hospitality, coffee, you know, in our production team, worship, whatever, somehow, getting involved in a small group. We had a small group announcement today. Whatever you can do to get involved in church so you can meet other people, that's important. And you know what? It's going to be scary. But everything that's good is a little bit scary. If you're going to be fully known and fully loved, you first have to taste and see and see if you're going to be cut off. And my bet is you won't be. But then there's this other thing that you have to do, which is you've got to stay. Like you've got to stay when things get a little uncomfortable. 
You've got to stay when you maybe don't like a choice that the church makes or a choice that somebody in the group makes. You've got to stay when you feel you're at loggerheads with people in your community. But you've got to stay through it. And you've got to seek common ground because that's what we do as Christians. The whole world is always telling us divide, divide, divide. That's how someone else conquers. But we are told to find the commonality. And when you walk into a church, when you walk into a Christian church, you have commonality with everyone sitting in that place. His name is Jesus. And that's where these conversations start. You're already fully known. You're already fully loved. Now let's just get to know each other a little bit. The rest is logistics. So you taste and see, but then you stay. And then there's a the last thing that you have to do. And this may push some of you a little bit. But if you want to be in a community of belonging, you have to make space in your life to create belonging. That means you're going to have to open your arms a little wider. You're going to have to be open to new relationships. You're going to have to be open to being fully known. And I mean, it's, it's it. That's it, right? When, when we open ourselves up to be fully known, there is a risk involved. When you tell someone you love them, that moment before they tell you that same thing back is the scariest moment of your life. And if they don't say it back, it feels like rejection. But when we say as children of God that we want to belong to one another, that we are part of the same body, it means that we have to create space for other people to belong. Making a declaration like Crosswalk will be a community of belonging is a big promise. And I know we've had people who come to church who are like, you know, I didn't feel it. Sometimes it's because they were shut off. They didn't want to let anyone else belong to them. And so no, they didn't feel belonging because they were shut off. You gotta open up your arms a little wider. You gotta create space to get to know people. You gotta find a way to love and you have to risk to belong sometimes. And I've always been amazed that when we stop focusing on our belonging and begin to focus on making sure someone else feels like they belong, that belonging that we've been searching for is found deeply, meaningfully, and powerfully in our lives. I mean, we make this statement about evangelism here at Crosswalk. We say evangelism is not a program. It's not an event. Evangelism is the orientation of the heart of every single person sitting in a blue chair. We don't do evangelism, you do. We create structures for belonging, but you create belonging. You create the feeling that this church is a place where people can be fully known and fully loved. We will do everything we can to create the structures that will make that possible, but I can't make that possible. In a church setting like this, you know me, but I don't get to know you, so you have to get to know one another and belong to one another. That's why we, we spend money on a coffee shop so you can hang out and get to know each other. It's why we have kids programs so they can get to know each other. It's why we have opportunities to serve so you can get to know the community. It's why we make this promise that we will not embarrass you when you bring someone to church. Because we will do everything we can with excellence so that their experience would be one of belonging and love and care. But we have to do this together, a community of belonging. Well, I guess I would say it this way. Belonging can't be enforced. Belonging can only be received. 
So how do you receive that belonging and how do you give that belonging? So the question that we end up asking is simply this, right? Is this where you belong? Is this church, is this family, is this body of Christ, is this where you belong? And if it is, how are you investing? We've had a season of division, a season of apart. It's time for us to come together. And as Ashley was praying and I was weeping, because, you know, that's what you do. I was thinking about the empty chairs, which bother me. Not the numbers. The fact that there's somebody who needs to be in that seat that's not being loved, that hasn't felt that experience of belonging. And I just got a little bit of a sense of peace that God said, I'm preparing people for every chair. Are you ready to create a place where they can belong? Because these words are inspirational and aspirational, but we don't always hit our marks. Just like you don't always hit your mark. There's times that we've failed people, times that we've hurt people, certainly not meaning to. Times I've done that with the words that I've said, certainly not meaning to, but that's been the result. For that, I apologize and I confess. But there are people in your lives that need belonging so bad, they are seeking it in really bad places. And one thing we haven't had in, in years here at Crosswalk is space for them to come. So maybe this is a moment where we can open our arms wide and say, I want you to belong to the body that I belong to. I want you to belong to the place where I feel the most loved. And we've got a seat for you. We've got a place for you to be loved, to be fully known and fully loved. Maybe this is what God is doing with the spaces in between us right now. Crosswalk will be a community of belonging and you belong here. And so does everyone you know that needs a place that needs to experience the joy of salvation, that needs to experience the grace of Jesus Christ, that needs to experience the hope of resurrection, especially in a world as divided as ours. So this statement, this first end statement, that Crosswalk will be a community of belonging, we've got to take that seriously and we've got to live into that. And not just those of us that put on church, but those of us who are the church who are the body of Christ. So let's pray over that today. Heavenly Father, Lord of belonging, we long for that. We long for you. We long for a sense of family and community. We long for a sense of unity, a sense that Together, we will go further than if we're alone. Lord, we want to be fully known by you. And we want to be fully loved. But Lord, we have to be open to fully knowing one another. And in spite of that, fully loving one another as well. So Lord, place this first end statement in our heart in a way that it resonates, it rings, it echoes throughout our lives, throughout our week, throughout our words. So that 
in the midst of a tumultuous storm that we're all seeming to live right now, there will be safe harbor, a place to worship you, a place to pray together, and a place to experience your grace. We pray this in your name, the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Stand and worship with us one more time.